city. Um, I don't know about you, but uh, if you were here for that, uh, if it was a cultural learning experience for you as it was for us preparing for it, then uh, uh, that would have been a good thing. And then, uh, just more recently, still part of the series from quite a different vein. If you remember, we're going to go get Richard Michael Hatton here. With us, Richard is the minister in Christ Church uh, in Valley And the reason I invited Richard is because, in my mind, the, the huge housing estates uh, that were built are a part of this urban world, uh, this place where people gather, uh, that we're thinking about as we think about cities. So we have Richard here at last time we met. Within the since we started this series, I had an opportunity in October, I think it was, to go to a conference in Paris. It's called City to City uh, Europe Conference. And it was a gathering of 500 people who were trying to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the cities of Europe. And so I think there were some of the folks I met. I met Dimitri and Selena, a married couple from Moscow. And their friend Dimitri, uh, also from their church. And that was fabulous. I was with these guys in the half an hour. They told me what it's like to bring the good news of Jesus to modern day Moscow. Then I met Paul Harrison, a church planter in Paris. That name probably won't bring that out because your memory is like mine. Paul spoke here about. I would guess four or five years ago. About it's just for five minutes, he was long ago, he was long ago, he was services to tell us about the work that he was going to start to do in Paris and pump into the beginning of this conference. Met Javi from Barcelona, Gabi from near St. Gallo in northern Switzerland. I met James Coughlin, who is a PCI guy and a church planter in Portugal. I met Bastian from Stuttgart. And towards the end of the conference, we uh, had some fun. I had lunch with the guys from Madagascar. And my kids loved that when I came home and sold it away. I didn't know Madagascar, 20 million people. 20 million people. And these guys are trying to work out how to. And the gospel to the cities of their community. This week we're, we're thinking about the call to the city. We, we look at our city, we learn what God's word says about cities, and now we start to ask the question of why should we be thinking about cities? I'm going to think, I'm going to be honest with you this evening, I'm going to think about this in a general way, so I'm going to think about cities in general. Sam and I have observed this, we're doing it up. Next week, he's going to talk about Belfast. So don't go home to do it on your own and talk about it about Belfast. I'm talking about cities in general this evening. We'll come to Belfast next week. This section of Sam already remembered, it's also part of the blue, because four weeks ago, when Sam was teaching about cities in the New Testament, he showed us that the Christian missionaries, the early Christian missionaries, all and others, went to the great cities of their day. They wanted to be strategic in their work. They knew that they planted Christian communities in the city, then they would reach a region. 
So, for example, if you plant a church in Philadelphia, Paul, it'll not be long before you start to influence the, the whole of the region around Philadelphia. What they knew as well was that if you plant the gospel in the city of Philadelphia, it'll only connect with the region around Philadelphia and other cities because cities trade with each other, uh, they send uh, their, their business people, they are just hubs of transit. So you reach a city, you reach a region, you reach a city, you reach other cities. And another point is that cities are places where, where culture is formed. This is where learning happens, where law is given and applied, where government sits. So they understood right the birth of the, the Jesus movement that was important to, to be in cities. One made the case that if that was the case then, it's even more so the case now. Most of the most historians explaining why Christians of our era should go to the cities of the world. Uh, it's going to be general, so I'm going to do that last supplementary. Three reasons why Christians should go to the city because of the size of the city, the influence of the city, and then the rebirth of the city. Cities are more important today than they've ever been. So, in 1950, there were only two cities in the world that had metro population areas of more than 10 million. Uh, it might not surprise you to know that they were New York and London. Today, there are more than 20 of these cities. And they're also more common. By the most estimates, we're getting near the point where 50% of the world's population lives in cities. And that percentage would be like 5% two centuries ago. I'm going to pull out a couple of graphs here. We have the first of those. So we don't call it. It's somewhat legible. Don't worry about the small thing on it. I typed up this title so that you would see what the graphs are about. Two. Two months, so we're dealing with a time span of about 80 years from 1950 through 2030. The blue line, which is at the top of the curve in the early parts, is the world's rural population, and the red line is the world's urban population. So back in 1950, you had Twice as many people living in the country as living in the city, the world over. If I'm reading that graph right, we've actually passed the point where 50% of people are in cities. We're now spots, that means they're very full. And by now, the red line, which shows people living in cities or in urban spaces, has risen above the blue. So the simple the simple takeaway from this graph is more people now live in cities than live in country. I've been doing all the AD software studies, I'm all the graphs, and I'm good at this stuff just at the moment. If we can see the next slide, please, Mark. Um, this one's a wee bit more multifaceted, don't worry. What it's showing you is by continent, 
the trend of urbanization. Um, so the world's one is the third one from the bottom, the, the brighter sort of purple one. That's showing us what's going on in the world in general. So the basic trend, again, is to rise steeply upwards. I noticed an interesting thing with Europe. Europe is part, I don't know if you can spot it, it's the third one down from the top uh, on the left hand side. It, it was rising in the early or last part of the, the 20th century and then it flattened off. And I think I can sense that. You can sometimes have a sense that for Western Europe, Europe in general, people were knocked out of the big cities. But you'll notice that the current experience is about upward time, and that the expectation is about onward urbanization in Europe. So look at this. Well, it means that we care for all of our people. If Christians care at all for Christian people for Jesus Christ, then we have to go to the city. Because that's where the people are going. Al Moore is a uh, president of the Southern Baptist Theological Center in the States. And he this to say after reading a report in 2010 in the Financial Times called The Future of Cities. He says, This much is clear the cities are where people are. In the course of less than 300 years, our world will have shifted from one in which only 3%. Of people who live in cities to one in which 80% are residents in urban areas. If the Christian church does not learn new modes of urban ministry, we'll find ourselves on the outside looking in. The gospel of Jesus Christ must call a new generation of committed Christians into these human cities. As these were made clear, there really is no choice. So that's the first reason why we must go to the city. Because it's sheer size. This is where people are and will be. But there's a second reason that we want to, to reach cities for Christ. And that's because of their growing influence. So we live in a time of, of globalization. And in the time of globalization, the influences of cities is on the rise of both and I have not planned to lose it, but hopefully it makes sense before we finish with this. I think what happened is that the transport revolution early in the 20th century that meant that people could move around the path in a way that they'd never been able to before. And then the second part and continuing our communications revolution where we are level of connectedness that we never have to. Let me give you a couple of examples to show you and go out of the way. So I have a friend that we went around through high school, through school with, and then some other university. And if I contact my friend and I have a the first question I ask him is, and in which continent are you in? Because sometimes when I'm in, he is in Brazilian, sometimes he's in Tokyo, and sometimes he's in Mumbai, and sometimes he's elsewhere. And that's simply doing his job. Who are you guys in this church? Who 
beautiful. Because yesterday I was going to spend four and a half seconds with you. Your greatest assistant, I'm sorry, my great friend. We were able to catch up. I was able to talk to them, but also to see that, that the new baby growing, to see Pam looking around, doing that. It's brilliant. It's as if they were in the room, they were with me. So this is kind of what we live in these days. You're aware of everything I just described on and I said that it's going to be a few. Have you ever had a chance to think about it? Rather than just the bare bones of that, the influence for the time in our lives. What it means is this. That Western urban values now permeate the whole of the world. They're everywhere. You see, globalization connects cities to the world. But there was once a time when we thought that the rise of information technology would play the cities. The theory was, well, now that we can all communicate, now that we can work from home, who's going to put up with commuting in the city and all the hassle of living in the city? It turns out, but that's not what's happening. Nowhere ever from the 2010 financial times, everyone needs to post. Your digital networking has not, which was forecast, led to the problem in the city. Rather, it's led to an urbanization of the rest of the The city's not going away. The city's coming to wherever you are. What do we mean by I remember in 1997, my first semester at Regent College in Vancouver, it was reading week. I, like every conscientious student, took my reading week to very good use. So I got the first class out of college in the city and went to LA to go and see what, what that was all about. I can remember, so you're sitting there between Disney and Hollywood and all of that, and I just have a, I just have a sense. I feel like I'm sitting at the nerve center of the thought world. It wasn't an encouraging thought, because I am not dying when no sort of comes out of Hollywood. But I couldn't help but think this is it. This culture here is a culture that's beamed across our world. The culture of my kids will be arriving in a few years from now. So cities aren't denying their influence, quite the opposite. They now have the reach to put their vision into homes all around the world. Tim Keller says that children in Mexico and Romania are becoming more like young adults in Los Angeles and New York City are young adults in their own village.
Lord, we come to that 